This exhortation was brought to you by the Light Bearers, bringing light until there's no more darkness. Exhortation on why we must have a prayer life. You know, it is something we grew up with. Every every believer has uh, has heard that you must pray. Even growing up as children, we heard about the Lord's Prayer. We've always been um, we inspired to have a prayer life. We must pray. The Christian must pray. Either whether it's to um, to escape trouble, whether it's Thanksgiving, whether it's to get in need of a financial need, or just to get the attention from heaven. We've heard about why we must pray. But today, I'll, I'll, I'll just um, um, encourage us again on why we must have a prayer life. I don't mean just pray. Have a prayer life. Like have an academic form to prayer life. How there must be consistency with our prayer life. Why is it? Why, why, why must the Christian pray? And why must he pray often? No, when Jesus came, he said, men always ought to pray and not to faint. And the word ought means he was designed to commune with God. He says, men always ought to pray and not to faint. Jesus said so. Men always, that's mankind. He saw man and says, man always ought to pray and not to faint. Why, 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 why should we as Christians have a rich, flourishing prayer life? Why is it dangerous not to have one? What is the profit in it? In, in, in it? Hallelujah. Number one, it is because we are forgiven. It is because we are forgiven. We have a prayer life because we are forgiven. We should pray to the Father because we are forgiven. Because we are cleansed. I'll open the book. I'll, let, let me open to the book of Ephesians. We have a prayer life because we are forgiven. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11 to 15. It's only the heart, it's only, it's only a man whose heart is clean that can converse with God. It's only a man who's who's who stands rightly that can that can converse with God. The great teacher E.W. Kenyon defined, defined righteousness as the ability to stand before God as though sin never was. If indeed we have been forgiven, then we've been brought freely into his courts and we can stand and gaze upon his face because there is no partition between God and man anymore because of what Jesus has done. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11 to 15. Now read. If you are there before me, you can read Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11 to 16. Verse 11. Now he says, You Gentiles by birth. He says, At that time you were apart from Christ. You were foreigners and did not belong to God's chosen people. You had no part in the covenants, which were based on God's promises to his people. And you lived in this world without hope and without and without God. KJV says, without hope and without God in this world. That was how we were before we believed in Jesus Christ. We were without hope and without God in this world. Now verse 13 says, but now in union with Christ Jesus, you who used to be far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. We've been brought near by the blood of Christ. So we've been brought into the summit of God by the blood of Jesus Christ. Verse 14 says, for Christ himself has brought us peace. With his own body, he broke down the wall that separated us and God. Or, he says, he broke down the wall that separated them and kept them enemies. He abolished the Jewish law 
with his commandments and rule in order to create out of the two races one new people in union with himself in this way making peace is describing how we were redeemed and reconciled to god as sinners were enmity were enemies with god we could not see eye to eye but now because of jesus we have been brought into the courtroom of god there's no more there's no more there's no more distance there's no more gap we are not enemies we are not just even acquaintances we are one we are friends we are one with god we are one race with the god kind we are of god and that is why we pray we take advantage of that fact that we belong to god and god belongs to us that we've been brought nigh we've been brought very close it was a privilege that many sought it was a privilege that many wished to have but they could not because they were sinners hallelujah let me open let, let, let me show you something which is something that happened in real life in the bible but was a pictorial evidence of the state man was with god in the book of um it's in i'll open it to you it's um deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 20 20 28 you see moses told god to talk to israel but when god began to speak they were terrified they saw billowing clouds and thunders from above from mount sinai they were terrified they could they, 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 they didn't want to have anything to do with him and it's not as though that was god's disposition towards them that was their state because they were guilty they were condemned they could not look upon his face they could not give ear to his voice i'll read it deuteronomy chapter chapter 4 verse 23 to 28 the book of Deuteronomy why we must have a prayer life because we've been reconciled we've been reconciled we're no longer enemies with God we've been reconciled we are friends chapter 4 verse 23 he says he says he, um, Moses was talking he says um, let me let me read it it was verse Five says, even when you have been in the land a long time, I'm coming now. He says, When the Lord spoke to you from Mount from fire on Mount Sinai, you did not see any form for your own good. Then make certain I did not sin by making yourself an idol. He was he at this point, he was telling them about how they had to do some things requisite for them to hear from God. In in, 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 the, in the later chapter, you'll see how they told they told Moses and said that please. You got you got to hear from God. Then whenever God tells you, you will speak to us. He says, We have seen we have, we have seen his glory. And we know that when God speaks, it is possible for a man to live. But we do not think we can, we can survive any longer. So the next time we hear this voice, voice, we shall surely die. They were scared. They could not behold the glory of God because they were they were enemies with God. Even if quote unquote were God's children, but you see, the price for sin had not been paid. So they were still aliens from God's, they were still aliens. By the law, they were God's children, but indeed they were not. Because the price for sin had not been paid. But later on in 2 Corinthians, see what Paul writes. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. The reverse is the case. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18. He says, All of us then reflect the glory of God with uncovered faces. And that same glory coming from the lord who is the spirit transforms us into his likeness in an ever greater degree of glory now we can behold his face now we can see him this same god who was so 
who, who so terrified the Jews of Mount Sinai? But because we've been brought nigh by the blood of Christ, we can behold his face. That's why we must have a prayer. That's why we can we can speak with him. That's why we can utter his name. You see, in those days, the scribes, when they jotted down the happenings of Israel, when they got to the part of El Shaddai and the part of Yahweh, those guys writing would have to excuse themselves and take a bath because they found the name so sacred. They would take a bath and come back because they counted themselves unworthy to even write, let alone speak the name of Jehovah. But now we can say, Father, in the name of Jesus, because we've been brought nigh, we've been forgiven. They were dirty, but we are cleansed. So prayer, prayer is a proof of righteousness, is a proof of being forgiven, is a proof of being cleansed. We exercise the fact that we are forgiven. We exercise the fact that we are not condemned. It's a flag saying, oh, we've been redeemed. Hallelujah. You see, in those days, when you wanted to stop a war, when you wanted to tell the opponent that you are no longer, you are no longer, um, you are no longer interested in fighting, you waved the white flag. When World War II ended, when the, when when the enemy soldiers had came face to face, they waved a, a, a white flag saying, "There is no more war. We surrender. There is no more war." And the war ended. You see, prayer is a white flag in the in 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 the spirit realm of the proof that man is forgiven, that man has been reconciled to God. So when you don't have when 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 you have prayer apathy. It's like you are you, you are exercising yourself in condemnation, exercising yourself in sin. There's no announcement. There's no announcement of, 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 of the fact that you've been redeemed, that there is a reconciliation. Hallelujah. When two nations come together, recently, you saw um, before the, the, the last, um, I mean, I mean the last year or toward the end of last year, where there was a pact between Israel and, 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 and UAE. There was a pact that Israel was no longer, no, no longer had this court with the, with, with the UAE. And that was somewhat like the beginning of um, of um, of peace talk with Arab nations. So they signed that pact, and because of that, there are now trade deals, there are bilateral agreement, there are, there are, there are bilateral commerce and trade can commerce between both nations. Because we pray, because of because we've been redeemed, prayer is a demonstration to 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 hell and to angelic beings that have been redeemed, that Adam has been brought back to Eden. Hallelujah. That's why we must pray, because we've been redeemed. Hallelujah. Come to the book of Romans chapter chapter 5, verse, verse 1 to 2. Romans chapter 5, verse 1 to 2. Let me read. Romans 5, verse 1 to 2. Romans 5, verse 1 to 2. He says, now, I like to read from the KJV because he uses a, very, it uses, it uses a word that, that I love so much. He says, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. He says, therefore, us being justified by faith, being justified by faith, being justified by faith. Hallelujah. Being justified by faith. You know, last week I was traveling from Lagos to Johannesburg and my wife has this special deal with FNB, you know, because she's like a gold card holder. And they say, when you bank with FNB, right, when you are waiting at the airport terminal, rather than waiting on those hard chairs, rather than waiting on those chairs waiting for your flight, as a, as, as a privileged FNB holder, you can stay in a place called the slow lounge, where you are. There, there, there's a shower there. It's, 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 like the, it's like the rich of the rich. They stay there. You know, there's free meal. There's free Wi-Fi. You don't need to start 
um, waiting outside like the others and on those hard chairs being tired even before you board your flight when that slow lounge with um, and you and the, the, the microphone is connected to that place and it can tell you when, when, when your flight is coming so it's very very comforting but before that for you to access that place you need a card you need to have you need to have partnered or you need to have had um, banks with with, with, with the bank, with FMD, with a particular amount of money from above, you know, from a, from a particular amount of money, maybe like maybe hundred thousand rand or, or a million rand per annum, for you to get to that level. So because of my wife, the, the whole family had access to that slow lounge, and we stayed there. Now the Bible says what He says, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse two says, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of god hope that means assurance not expectation it means in assurance of the glory of god that's why we pray because we've been brought now we have access that's why we pray so believers who don't pray who who are victims of prayer apathy you are excusing yourself from the luxury of god's grace we're excusing yourself from the luxury of god's companionship we're excusing yourself from the luxury of god's kindness Colossians calls it the barrels of his mercy. I mean, Philippians. He says, the barrels of God's mercies or the sure mercies of David. You experience it in fellowship. You are excusing yourself from God's comforts because being brought near. Prayer is not a bore. Prayer is a journey with God into the elixir of his grace. It's a romance of righteousness. It is luxury. It's a luxury act. It's for kings. Not all men can pray because not all men are made righteous. Not all men can say in the name of Jesus. Because not all, not all men are saved. But we can dare to call God Father. We can dare to call him Father. I read the book one time. It was about a Muslim woman in Pakistan. And she, she was given and she, 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 she was reading the Quran and somehow she got a Bible and got saved. And her whole her, her whole summary of the Christian faith is I dare to call him Father. I dare to call God Father. Like Jesus, we can say Father, because we've been brought man. By whom also? We have access by faith into this grace where we stand. That's why we should have a prayer. That's why we should hunger and be excited to pray because He is beautiful towards us. Because there's no condemnation. Hallelujah. The front room where we enter is, is, the, is the figure of a person who smiles at us. Hallelujah. Because we've been cleansed. We must have a prayer life because one, we've been cleansed. Because one, we, we, we've been forgiven. That, that, that's one of the first things you must know when you, when you want to make requests either for yourself or for your nation or for your spouse or for your family you say thank you father because i'm forgiving that's the first entrance that's the first proof because you would never be able to pray if you weren't hallelujah hallelujah because we are made righteous only righteous men pray hallelujah only forgiving men pray only saved men pray only cleansed men pray prayer is a luxurious act it's an act for kings it's a first class statement Hallelujah. You see, people always flex. They always advertise the, 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 the rich and rich kings they meet. They say, I'm an ambassador. I have met the Prime Minister of England. I'm an ambassador. My father was a commissioner. I have met the Prime Minister of Canada. But I've been brought nigh by Jesus Christ. I have met the Father. And Paul says, in some Corinthians, he says, he says we, would, we, we would unveiled faces. We, we don't we, we don't put a hand over our eyes to cover the glory to cover the glory we see with unveiled faces hallelujah unveiled faces when adam sinned 
he was booted out from the Garden of Eden. The word Eden means presence, right? The Hebrew word for Eden means presence. So he was, he, when the Bible says he was sent out from the Garden of Eden, it means he was sent out from God's presence. Hallelujah. In Colossians 1, the Bible says that, that God, this is the mystery. He says Christ in you. The hope of glory which is hidden in you the hope of glory so we've been brought back to that fellowship that thing that adam was adam adam was was punished against we've been brought back hallelujah hallelujah we have eaten of the tree of life and would live forever hallelujah we've been brought nigh that's why we pray that's why we must have a prayer life not even about power not not even about the power, power made available but even just the fact that we are forgiven, that we are saved. Hallelujah. Praise God. Number two, why we must have a prayer life? Because God loves us. Because God loves us. Because God loves us. We run into the arms of the ones we love. We run into the arms of the one who has forgiven us. We have a prayer life because we should have a prayer life because God loves us. Not to not, not to give ear to his voice, not to utter words of praise and fellowship in his presence, is to betray that love, is to betray that fellowship. You must have a prayer life. You must have prayer moments. Not there's no excuse for that. God loves us too much. He waits for us. First John chapter one verse twenty five. First John chapter one verse twenty five. 1 John chapter 1, I think is a, I think I might, am I right? Um, or is it 1 John, 1 John 1? No, it's not, is it 2 now? Now, he says, Behold, what manner of love the Father had given unto us, that we should be called the sons of God. What manner of love the Father had given unto us, that we should be called the sons of God. That we, you, in all your weakness and imperfections, should be termed and identified as the son of God. Oh, that we should be called the sons of God. And this brings me to my next point. Why we should have a prayer life? Because it is the greatest demonstration of sonship. It is the greatest imitation of Jesus Christ. It is the greatest prototype of Jesus Christ. Jesus was the first man to typify perfect prayer. He was the first man to typify perfect communion with the Father. His prayer life was a prototype, was, was a custom image, an icon of what a believer would be like as a man, a man, a human being who would communicate with the divine being. As a man who would show that there was no barriers between God and man. As a man who was God himself, yet said, Father in, the, Father in heaven, who says, where the Father is, so I am also. His prayer life was, an, was, 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 was a design of how the new man would be. The new man in Christ prays like Jesus. The new man in Christ calls God Father the way, the way Jesus called God Father. The new man in Christ separates himself unto God the way Jesus separated himself did unto God. Hallelujah. No wonder the disciples said, he said, Master, teach us to pray. Because they saw something that they had never seen before. They had heard about Moses praying. They heard about Elijah and Elisha praying. But when Jesus prayed, it was different. They said, Master, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. It, prayer is the greatest imitation of Jesus Christ. He was the one who prayed. He was the grand master 
that, that, that song says one thing. It says, prayer is the key. Prayer is the, it's an old song. Prayer is the master key. Jesus started with prayer and ended with prayer. Prayer is the master key. If you do not have a prayer life, you are unlike Jesus. You are unlike him. You are unlike him. The grounds of the earth knew when that man walked to pray. The morning you saw it, the Bible says that before dawn, Jesus went out to pray with the Father. He went to a mountain to pray. Not because God was there, but because he went out to engage the God within. And as he is, so are we in this world. As he is, so are we in this world. The same spirit that was given to him without measure has been given unto us. The same love and hunger and passion for the Father we have also. God told Jesus, he says, he says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And God says the same of us. The, the same of us. Won't it be wise? Won't it be profitable to constantly visit the presence of the one in whose eyes you are made perfect? Is it not wise to constantly visit and give ear to the voice of the one who has nothing to you but words of praise? Who has nothing, who, who testifies nothing against you? For the Bible says that even if our heart condemns us, the Holy Ghost would not condemn us. Isn't it wise to give, to constantly give ears and give your soul spirit to the hearts of the one who embraces you at every point and constantly washes your sins by the blood of Jesus Christ? In whose presence you stand faultless? In whose presence you stand holy? That's why Jesus always prayed. That's why he called God the comforter. It was from experience. He always prayed. That's why he did all these things. Isn't it wise? I'm writing a book and in, in, in a chapter I was, I, I'm, I'm, I'm addressing atheists and I said, it is foolish to be atheist. It is foolish to distance yourself of the one who washes your sins away. It is pride. It is unprofitable to say you would not believe one. Who is judged himself and says, if you believe on me, I declare you not guilty. Who has shed his blood for you? It is madness. You see that phrase, a prayerless Christian is an oxymoron. It should not be fitting together. A prayerless Christian. That's like saying a lame runner. Or like saying a slow jet. It doesn't make any sense. It should not make any sense. A prayerless Christian, one who has been redeemed, one who the Bible says is currently seated with Christ in heavenly places, that is abandoning your glory somehow. Yoruba says one thing. He says, he says, it's only a bastard child that uses his left hand to describe the road to his father's house. But we are sons of God. We are not orphans. We are not orphans. Beyond even the beyond beyond even the proof of prayer to demonstrate power is the fact that we are loved, we are cleansed, and we've been brought nigh by the blood of Jesus Christ. It is the greatest imitation of Jesus. So, so as I'm speaking right now, begin to think of how you are going to, to, to reinvigorate and restart your love for Christ, for God. Like I said, prayer is a romance of righteousness. It's 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 the demonstration of a pact, of a seal. Of the seal, see, Bible says that it says we've been sealed with the Holy Ghost of promise. We've been brought nigh. We are come unto Mount Zion. We are come unto Mount Zion. That's where we are. 
why you must have a prayer life. Hallelujah. Number four, because we are priests. And I, can, I, cannot, I cannot emphasize this more than enough and too much. We must have a prayer life because we are priests. We are priests with God. See, under the law, when God wanted to do a thing, he spoke to the prophets or to the priest or to the king. Sometimes the king will have to go to the, to, to the priest to hear from God. All those times when David spoke to God and praised God, he had to go to the house of the priest. He had to go to the tabernacle, to the temple, to give heed to the priest. They were the ones who called the hand of God on behalf of Israel. The likes of Samuel, um, 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 Eli. They were the ones by whom wars were won. They were priests with God. Hallelujah. Now let me show you something. James 5.16. Book of James 5.16. Now, he said one thing. He said, I read, um, he was 14, he was saying, is any sick among you? He was writing to the church. He says, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. He said, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. Now verse 16 says, confess your false one to another, blah, blah, blah. Now he says, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The effectual fervent prayer of righteous man availeth much. Let me read re- re- in the amplified version so you, you get a, a grasp of what I'm talking about. Now, James 5, verse 16, the amplified version says this. It says that, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. It says, The heartfelt and persistent prayer of a righteous man, in brackets, believer, is able to to accomplish much when put into action and made effective by God it is dynamic and can have tremendous power this is the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man he's telling your potential abilities now the 17 now says Elijah was a man of with a nature like us of like of like passions like us he then says this man prayed intensely for it not to rain and he did not rain on the earth for three and a half years then he prayed again and the sky gave rain, and the land produced its crops. Now, he's so in exa- give an example of how that Elijah, a man who had flesh and blood like us, could, could, could storm heaven and could make requests, and God answered. See, because he was a prophet, right? He, he, he had the urgence of heaven. Now, I want to say something. Open to the book of Daniel. I open to the book. I want to, I'm still coming back to that part. I, I want to say something that might um, be a bit strange to us. Daniel 9 verse 22. Daniel 9 verse 22. Why we should have, why we should have a prayer life? Daniel 9 verse 22. 9 verse 22. He says this. He says <laughs> it was verse 1. I think he was saying um, I think it was it, it was when he said um, I'm moving up. Okay. His, 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 his father he, write, he said, I, Daniel, understood from the books of the number of years, which, let me read in the, in the, in the Good News Version. He says, I, Daniel, in the first of my reign, I studied sacred books, and thinking about the 70 years that Jerusalem would be in ruins, according to the prophet of Jeremiah. Now, when Daniel was studied, he noticed that 
The prophecies given was that Israel had been in, in captivity and ruins for a certain number of years. But years had passed and they were not still, they were not still um, released. They were still in ruins. Now, because of this, Daniel now set out his heart to pray. Let me tell you something. Let me just say it. See, God is not as proactive as we think. You see, nothing happens at a whim from God. I'm telling us from experience. The phrase, God will do it, is a lie. He will not, God is not as proactive as we think. God spoke to Jeremiah here that after 70 years, Israel will come out of ruins. By 70 years, they were still in captivity. Until Daniel now set his face before the Lord and opened the books before God's angel. See, you see, prayerlessness can abort any prophecy. Prayerlessness can abort any promise of God. Prayerlessness can abort any declaration, even if it was written in the stars with the finger of God. It can abort it. You see, prophecies come by prayer, right? And they'll be brought forth into full term by prayer. You see, the same hormones that causes a woman progesterone, right? To give egg and become pregnant. That hormone is active throughout pregnancy. If that thing stops, the gestation of the baby is affected. That's how prayerless, that's how prayer works. Prayerlessness can abort any prophecy given from God. See Genesis 1. God says to Adam, He says one thing, He says that, He says that that the is the, the seed of the woman shall bruise the head of the serpent. Talking about the coming of Christ, which is the grandest work heaven will do. But yet, the prayers of men brought it to pass. That's God's plan. God's own plan of salvation. The prayers of men brought it to pass. Prayerlessness can abort any. If like go to to Shiloh Redemption, go to the to the hottest meeting on earth. If you have prayer apathy, everything said will be it will never come to pass. God is not as proactive as we think. In Hebrews 4, he says, I have said that you may boldly say. I have said that you may boldly say. Let me, let me read, read it in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. I think Hebrews, Hebrews 13, verse 5 to 6. Now, God's prophecy, God's promise. Hebrews, Hebrews 13. Hebrews chapter 13. Verse 5 to 6. Last year, last month, Ibukum was talking about meditation. And he said nothing. He said, There is no move of God in the earth. That happened by chance. Somebody spoke it into existence. Somebody prayed it and prophesied into existence. Nothing happens by chance. No good happens by chance. Do you know why? Because God, God has made man, has given us leads in this world. So for us to bring his hand here, he needs our permission, even the life of our children. So when we pray, we give him free hand. We give him free hand. Hallelujah. One day I was praying and in, 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 as I began to pray, I began to reflect on the times when I was moved to pray for a family member or a cousin or a sister-in-law or something and something, and, and, and maybe I slept off. And I said, dear Lord, I'm sorry. I said, because when you called me to pray, I refused and I slept off. And by my sleeping and by my laziness, I withheld your saving hand and many died. By my laziness, I withheld your saving hand and your delivering hand and many perished. Many of us, we stand here. We are priests with God. Many people are being oppressed in our families because of our prayer apathy. 
because you did not know that because of your righteousness you can command the heavens on their behalf Hebrews, Hebrews 4 13 verse um, 5 to 6 he says um, he says keep your life free from love money verse, he said for God has said I will never leave you and abandon you now God said I will never leave you and abandon you now let me read it um, KJV sorry in the KJV version he says um, um, let your, your conversation be without covetousness and be content with some things that you have for he had said I will never leave you nor forsake you so that we may boldly say the Lord is my helper now in, 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 in your hard copy Bible that so that we boldly say is um, that um, I think it's I think I think it's in italics. So it's supposed to read saying that for he had said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. So God said, so that we would say. God promised so that we would say. We would utter those things in prayer again and quote his word again and again. The word of God and promise of God not agreed with, with a constant life of prayer will be aborted. And she'll ah, she'll like blood, you're like she was I said, ask her for that person's name. Let us pray. It's our duty. We are priests. We are priests. The Bible says, Savior shall arise from, from, from Zion. We are priests. We are priests with God. We have access. We can, we can by our prayers deliver men. We're supposed to have a book whereby we say, this is, this, this is a prayer for myself. This is a prayer for God's kingdom, for my nation, for my family, for my friends. That because I'm alive, disaster will be far from them. Let it be your pride that you know what, because I stand, calamity will be far from my children. Because I will lift them up in prayers. I will be dedicated. I will, I will bow my knees. I will sweat it out. I will die in the place of prayer. I will live there. Until, people, un, 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 until that deliverance has come. Until salvation has come. My nation will be saved because of me. Because we are priests with God. That was what Elisha took. That was what Elijah took. That's Christian responsibility. We have this right with God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Why must have a prayer life? Number four, five. Because we are the temple of God's spirit. We are the temple of God's spirit. God, God is strong in the Old Testament. He says, He said, What he said, he said, Let not the fire of God go out from, from, from the tabernacle. I've said this before. When Acts 2, when the Holy Ghost came upon them and, and they were and they were throwing tongues of, of fire upon their heads, it was a sign that we are God, God's temples. Because fire only burns on temples. In fact, the word there means shrine. It means we are the shrine of God. And again, that's why we must pray. Because, you know, in, in, we know in, in, in African circles, when, when one visit, they go, they go to a shrine. The Bible said that we are, we are the shrine of God. There's a movie uh, I watched years ago. It was called, it was called um, Akotiri. It means the Ark of Witness. It was by Mount Zion. And this boy was kidnapped and said, I'm the Ark of God. You know, I, I, I can't forget that phrase. We are the shrine of God. When a person visits us, he visits God. When we when, when visit a person, God visits them. That's why we must have a prayer life. That's how we must have. See, prayer apathy not just puts us into trouble, it postpones the, delivery, the, the, the deliverance of others. We are the shrine of God. We are the living tabernacle of God's spirit. And the fire must consistently burn. Hallelujah. I want to round up. Why we must pray also? Because prayer is an exercise of faith. It's an exercise in believing. The more you pray, the more your faith is strengthened. In Mark 11, 3, he says, he says, when you, he says, when, he says, and when you pray, he says, believe. 
You should actually read when you pray, you will believe. The more you stay with God, the more it's easier for you to catch it and hold on to it. To lay hold on eternal life. To lay hold on His promises. Prayer apathy coincides with unbelief. That's why you fret when something happens. That's why you fret. I was joking, I was I was pulling my wife's all the time. My, my, my baby fell off. Um, my baby fell off. She fell off the bed. And my wife was so scared. Like, she was like, brother of Jesus. She was like just in trepidation. And I said, baby, because you don't pray. That's why you are. See, there's something there's 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 something about when you have given your heart to God concerning something. When you have spoken so much words in prayer concerning a thing that when someone says this has happened, you are at rest. You just know it's a lie. You just know. I, I just I just knew it, it, it wasn't a boast. I've, I've spoken too much words. Like you become saying one time, I asked him a question. I said, I said, I said, sir, in this world today about homosexuality and this and that, how do you preserve your children from abuse? And it was like every morning I make declarations and I call their names and I say, You are far from trouble. You are delivered from you know, they, 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 there's a lifestyle of prayer we ought to have that causes an assurance of faith in our spirits. Hallelujah. I want us to begin to pray, to pray for ourselves or to pray for someone who you know is in trouble right now. To exercise this right. Remember, we pray because one, we are forgiven. We have access by faith into God's throne and we stand there without, with, with, with no hinges, no, 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 no in between. Two, we are loved of God. Three, we are his sons. Hallelujah. Let's begin to pray. Just pray for anything for yourselves. For, for your loved ones, for somebody who you know is in, is in great distress and needs help. Just give me a little bit of a to bury that in his. We declare life and immortality. Life and immortality. I'm not your pastor, but I'm your friend and your brother. I want to advise you to have a prayer timetable, a prayer plan, and see and see God become real in, in, in your lives. Have a prayer, a prayer chat, a prayer battle plan. Have it. I know many of us have do nine to five, but you can just say, No, I spent 10 minutes showering, and um, I'll put I'll just put a list of what I'll pray for in those 15 minutes. So you know the way we have, especially our ladies amongst us, we like to design our shower rooms and make it nice. You can just put a list. My, my children, put their names there. You can put your nation, your church, your family, yourself. Just put that list there and say, as long as I'm showering, I'll be praying like this. You know, at lunch break, have, have, you, are, you, are, you, are, you are a temple of God, you must burn. I know it's difficult for us to set out time. I'll, I'll speak with my wife today, I'll say, I was saying, if there's one thing you can be selfish about, it's your time with God. I said, when you come back from court, 
coming straight. Just pack and stay. Don't, don't even let us, let us know you are around. And just pray. And just spend time with God. And come in. By the time you add those minutes, you have paid for one and a half hours that day. And just have a prayer path. And you see how the Holy Ghost will become good. You will literally feel the fragrance of the divine around you. You will see visions. You will know things are getting solved. You will see your life. You will see it happen. You will see changes. Most of the failings we have as Christians, it's not because our pastors are not anointed enough. It's because we have no prayer life. We have no prayer life. We have no plan. I know, it's, I know like I said, it's difficult in, the, in this fast world. But there are moments, there are pockets of moments we have. Sometimes you just walk and we are doing nothing. You are strolling out in the evening, come talking in tongues. Just pray, pray for me, pray for Nigeria, just be praying. And God will remind you, Jesus will become real in your heart. You will smell his robe, you will smell his robes. You will smell it. You would feel the embrace upon your soul, you would feel it. Consistency works in God's kingdom. You will feel the fire burn. You will feel answers. You will see visions. Things would happen. I can guarantee you that. I can guarantee you that. You drive 10 minutes to work in the Uber. In Lagos, there's like one hour traffic. That's amazing. One hour. You just worship for 10 minutes. Singing tongues again. And just pray. Hold a new test, a small Bible and just have a plan. Just do it that way. God, God sees your heart. And it will make it rewarding. Hallelujah. We must burn. We must have a, a times of Pentecost. In those days, the Jews would come all over. Because, like that woman, like, like, that woman, like, like Jesus told that woman, well, he said, he said, Jesus said, the day is coming, people no longer have to go to Jerusalem. He says, he says, for God seeketh those. God seeketh those who would worship in spirit and in truth. And let me tell you something, God found those people. We are those people. He found them. He found you. He found you. He found Dan. He found and you found people. We are those ones he sought after. Who would worship in spirit and in truth. So we can every place the tabernacle. Sometimes you get to work 10 minutes. Nobody's doing anything. Why not just pray? You are early. Why not just pray? Have a list and just say and mark yourself. It may seem mechanical, yes. It may seem religious. Yes. But how that's how Jesus did. The Bible says that his custom was. As his custom was. Hallelujah. Praise God. You are fires of God you must burn. And we would see miracles happen in our lives and in the lives of others. In the lives of others that, that, that we pray for. Hallelujah. Praise God. 